Welcome to the next dimension of Dragon Ball Z's Call-In Show! Yeah, like we about to get him with this one. About to kill him. Yeah. Ah, man. Yeah. It's a Star Makers production. Get it right. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Goku. You're just Hercule. Budokai Tenkaichi 3, I'll murk you. I'm a mastermind like Dr. Jiro. What is your power level? I bet it's close to zero. I'm undefeated, you can't beat me, nah. I'll come through blasting with that Kamehameha. You little can't handle me like Nappa said. And I shine in the light like Nappa's head. And with this finish buster, I will finish busters. I'm sharp like trunks or I'll cut ya. I'm the hottest rapper in the South. Lean back and put these Dragon Balls in your mouth. You throwing Hercule punches. You can't harm me, I got a gang full of niggas like Freezer's army And I'm like Nova Shinron with the heater This is two of the best niggas together like Gogeta Kamehameha And they're stronger than all of us Kamehameha And they're stronger than all of us Kamehameha And they're stronger than all of us Kamehameha Welcome back to the next dimension, Dragon Ball Z, and this is, as I previously yelled, the Colin Show. My name is Donovan Morgan Grant, and as ever, I am joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Jesse Garrett. Hello, 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 listeners and future callers, hopefully. Yes. The people who aren't here presently, and the people who are. Um, so, this is the Colin Show. All we're going to basically be doing is going over some emails, some uh, news, a slight review, and uh, talk to some of the people who uh, have talked to us for the past year and a half or so. We're going to be taking callers soon, but before we do that, we should go over the preliminaries. We have a few emails to go over, and before we get into the callers, I shall briefly talk about my viewing experience of Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods. Yes, I have seen this. Uh, if, you, if you look at the listen page, I've seen it, and I'll briefly, very briefly get into that because I don't want to spoil it before we actually get into it for the podcast. So, we shall start off with emails. We, don't, we, gotta, we want to go fairly expediently so not uh, waste the time of our, our uh, callers. And um, the first email is from Frederick Hennison, which shall be read by Jesse. He starts off. Thank Shinron, I have finally caught up with all your episodes. I won't go into detail about everything up until now because that would take forever. Just some of the latest developments. This is all fresh off my mind, so apologies if it all comes off as a jumbled mess. Um, Clearly, he's listening to the short show because all I have is jumbled messes. Mm -hmm. While listening to the discussion on how the different timelines worked was interesting, it also really hurt my brain. If I never hear a word about that ever again, it would be too soon. <laughs> the whole thing about Krillin not destroying 18 just because of a kiss seems entirely believable to me. Because, let's be honest, when was the last time he ever got tail? <laughs> I, I, I tend not to think about that too often. <laughs> about the trunk special, I think I subscribed to the theory of 18 and 17 being so much more brutal is because they have been on top for so long it seems reasonable to me. The cell games are great, but I just can't stand Hercule, or Mr. Satan, whatever you prefer. At first, I didn't mind him that much, but I started to find him rather annoying, really annoying later on, just because of the level of importance he got. That it made me retroactively dislike all his previous ex- experiences. 
I mean, he's just a normal human being with absolutely no powers for crying out loud. But I digress. You're great as usual, guys, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the end of the Cell games. Also, really looking forward to the call-in show. I always enjoy the Spider-Man Cross Space ones, which you are also on, Don. Although I couldn't make it this last time. I think I'll stop now before I take up too much time on your podcast and before I become too uncomprehensible. See you around, guys. Frederick. Thank you, Frederick. Not as long as you write in English, you'll, you're never going to be incomprehensible. Um, thank you for the kind words. I don't, I'm not sure if they want to address any of his points. Uh, uh, I haven't gotten to hating Herschel yet. I still find him rather enjoyable. Yeah, no, we're we're, we're good on that. I mean, like. <laughs> He's going to have, we're going to see a lot more of him in the next saga. Like a lot more. A lot. A lot more. I really mean it. <laughs> so we'll put that to the test. But um, as of now, and I think Kai helped us out a lot. We know the less we see, we, we saw of him, the better we took him, I suppose. All right. And our next email is from Mr. Adam Trimboth. Adam writes, okay, guys, I'm here to start with Mr. Yarbrough on the Goku Bad Father discussion. From a different point, however. Goku is thinking of his son. He wants him to live. If we think about it honestly, the world is screwed. It never bothered me that Goku sent Gohan into battle because the planet is going to be destroyed when Cell wins anyway. Gohan is going to die either way. So the way I see it, it is good on you, Goku. Send your son in. Teach him to never give up and to not lie down like a... (laughs) Like a... My point is especially relevant when we see Goku lose to Cell. Who Who else is going to fight Cell? No one physically can. Not that, I have any, not that I have any science to back it up, but even without his Super Saiyan 2 power-up, I think it's implied that Gohan is still the second strongest. Vegeta and Trunks are only the other two that are close, and they lost the perfect Cell when he was freshly transformed, and Cell was not even trying. The, ser- the series is too, is too light-hearted at this point, to be honest, so you really don't see the, with the situation for what it is. The whole world will end if Cell wins. Everyone loses, everyone dies. Goku is doing what is the last hope for the planet and his family and the friends whom he loves. Your friend in time, Adam. Yeah, fair, fair. I mean, I, again, like, you know, it ended up working out for the best, so... It's not as I though... don't see Goku being that forethought, that I'm having that much forethought. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. But uh, really. I also, I'd also uh, disagree with the statement that it was too lighthearted, because I really got a vibe that the, the world was at stake with this, uh, with this saga. Probably even more so than the Frieza saga. I think the darkest saga to date in terms of our of our coverage might be the Saiyan saga, but this was particularly dark. I I, I think because I th- a lot of the characters were really intense, and I think that like the Freeza saga was dark, but like uh, I don't think this. I think the only levity was brought by Mister Satan, and that was kind of few and far between. So I, I want to say it's lighthearted. Now we'll, we'll, we'll we are again. I'm, I'm going to be repeating myself. We're going to get into like you know the terms of like the tone in terms of the Boo saga, but. Um, I think now it's it's not as light as it as it's going to get personally, and we also have the movies to talk about later on. Our next email is from Jason. <clears throat> he starts off, "Dear Donovan and Jesse, hey you guys, my name is Jason, and I apologize, Jeromiski, 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 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fourteen. I'm fourteen years old. I've always had a deep passion for Dragon Ball Z." But before you guys started this podcast, I have forgotten really how amazing the series was. I've followed you guys since episode one, and since then, my interest in the series hasn't been better. This is the first time I'm writing in, so I'm not going to ask a hundred questions, but I did want to know one thing. 
Are you guys going to be covering movies 6, 7, and 8 the next episode? 8 is my favorite by far, and it was actually the first piece of DBZ content I've ever seen a couple of years ago. I'm interested to hear what Jesse has to say about the movie, it being probably the most popular of the 13. That is my only question for now. Keep it up, and I can't wait to hear you dive into the Boo Saga next month. I'll try to give you more. I'll try to give more of my input, but until then, goodbye. P.S. You guys are the greatest. Sincerely, Jason. Thank you very much, Jason. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Next next episode after this directly is going to be us covering movie six, movie seven, movie eight, and movie nine. So uh, we, <laughs> I think we've gone from like two movies to three movies to four movies in terms of our movie coverage. Um, absolutely. Uh, Jesse, have you heard of the name Brawley? Yes. Yeah, he's movie eight. <laughs> he is. I've uh, I've kind of heard of, heard of him uh, vaguely. Oh yeah, he is. Uh, I would say that he is probably the most popular movie character, because um, he keeps coming back. <laughs> Spoilers, but um, yeah, that that is that's probably going to be the most the most famous uh, movie story we'll we'll, we'll um, have reviewed up to that point when we review it, and that is next month uh, in November. So we are definitely going to uh, talk about that next month. But until then. I shall read the next email from Mr. Jordan Cruz. Um, Jordan says, hey guys, Jordan again. Just watched Battle of Gods with the subs, and wow, first off, great movie. Definitely what I wanted. Funny and lots of action. But without, any, without giving anything away, I feel this movie really opens up the world of Dragon Ball Z to maybe more episodes as we've heard rumors for some time now. Or we might see some more movies like this one, like since it did well in the box office. If you have seen it, please tell me what you think. And if not, check out the link. As I check out this link and enjoy it as I did. And he did uh, send the link uh, to um, the subtitled version because uh, in the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray of Dragon Ball Z: Battle of Gods has come out in Japan. So, um, so they do have subtitles, and that's how I, I that's how I have seen it. <laughs> I locked Jesse in the, in the in the trunk and forbade him to see it because it, it takes place after the Buu Saga. But I saw it myself, and uh, I'm I'm sure he was he was most angry at me. I don't know. Yes, I'm not privy to it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I thank you very much for that, Jordan. I have seen it. Thank you very much for the link, and I will give my thoughts once we finish the uh, the email. So you count on that soon. But uh, until then, our next email is from Mr. Reginald Barnes. Dear Next Dimension, just finished listening to episode 22 and enjoyed hearing your thoughts on the Cell games and the entire Android saga as a whole. I agree with you guys when you say that the Android saga is the best in the series. I also agree with you, Donovan, the series should have ended after the defeat of Cell. The ending of the Cell games felt like a true series finale, which is one of the reasons why the Boo Saga feels so forced and unnecessary. Oh well. While I don't like the Boo Saga that much, there's no denying it's better than Dragon Ball GT. That's for damn sure. <laughs> really looking forward to your next episode where you guys share your thoughts on movies 6 through 9. Movie 8, Brawley, The Legendary Super Saiyan, is my favorite DBZ film. Second only to Fusion Reborn. One of my favorite things about the film is its soundtrack. While the addition of rock music in Lord Slug didn't work all that well, I felt it worked really well in movie 8. I'm eager to hear your thoughts on the soundtrack in movie 8 as well. Anyway, I'm done rambling and looking forward to episode 23. Reginald Barnes. Thank you, Reginald. Uh, <laughs> I hate to break this to you, Jesse, but uh, the rock music is not going anywhere in time soon for the movies. No! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not sure which, which exact uh, bands play on it. I definitely remember... Damn, you disturbed. I definitely remember it in the Brawley movie uh, when the fight starts that happening, but we'll see. Maybe it won't be as bad. It's been a while since I've seen that. I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed for quality, 
or not. And our final email is from Mr. Alex Evangeli, or Evangeli, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Alex writes, Dear John and... Ja, John. Yeah, that's, that's when we fuse. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Don and Jesse, Apologies if this email is a bit long, but it's my first time writing into a show like this. I've known I've known about your podcast for over a year from the Crawl Space podcast, but only checked it out and marathoned it in the last week or two. You guys run a great show, with Don's experience and Jesse's relative unfamiliarity with the material, making for a great combination. This podcast has got me back into the mood for Dragon Ball, and reminded me about how much I really love the franchise, even prompting me to buy the Dragon Ball Z, Budokai, and Budokai 3 re-releases for the PS3, and get nostalgic all over those great games. I first was exposed to DBZ in a block called Dragon Ball Z Replay on Cartoon Network in the UK, where every weekend they marathoned all the episodes from the week. My first episode was the filler one where Yamcha, Krillin, Tien, and Chatsu go back in time and are killed by the Saiyans on Kami's Lookout. I saw sporadic episodes from then until Goku swapped bodies with Ginyu when I began to watch regularly. Here in the UK, we have a very weird situation with our dubs since we got the Ocean and then the Funimation dubs like the US, but after Trunks told Goku about the androids, we got the Ocean dub up to the Fusion Saga where we switched to the Funimation again for the rest of the series, but then got the Ocean dub of those episodes before getting the Blue Water dub of Dragon Ball GT and then finally Dragon Ball. That is weird. <laughs> that is, that is com- very complicated. That was completely random. Like, just imagine the voices switching every saga. Confusing matters further was the use of the Japanese voice actors for the rest of the Budokai game, then the Funimation voices for the other games, and then the godforsaken Harmony Gold dub of most of the DB, DBZ, DBGT movies and the specials. If you've ever heard of this dub, it makes you appreciate even the worst parts of the Ocean dub. Seriously, they call the Saiyans Super Warriors, and they refer to Piccolo as Big Green. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard like of his this. name is Big Green. Yeah, I, if you look on YouTube and type in like the Big Green dub, you can find like the character. What do you think, Big Green? <laughs> <laughs> Answer me. Who are you? Ah, it's Big Green. Let that child alone. I have never taken orders from anyone. Now you will. <laughs> Yeah, and they'll say like, "Yeah, oh no, he's a super warrior." Like, yeah, or Vegeta will say, "I'm the prince of the super warriors." Yeah, it's it's brain dead. I'm not sure why. This is a this is a a dub of the series or the movies. Um, I've seen it dubbed of the of the movies. I'm not sure if they may have dubbed it of the series. I'm not sure about that myself, but um, it's wow. definitely yeah, very interesting. It's hilarious. I I if I've not, I, I'm pretty sure I may have. I think in the back of one of the episodes, I put a, a clip from the uh, from the uh, Big Green dub, but I'm not sure. Anyway, this inconsistency is why I love Funimation's dub over the one I grew up with. At least they kept up most of the voices the same throughout everything. Although in the Ocean dub, we did get Goku voiced by Cyclops and Piccolo voiced by Wolverine from X-Men Evolution that I didn't know about. I look forward to your coverage of the divisive Boo Saga era as opposed to the Saiyan, Frieza, and Cell eras, which opinions aren't as split over. For myself, the Cell era is my favorite era of all, but the Frieza is my all-time favorite Dragon Ball villain, and his fight with Goku is my favorite in the entire series. Yes, it's long, but to me, it just makes all the more epic in scale and scope. Your recent podcast has mostly reminded me of how I, about how, as a kid, Gohan was, my, was absolutely my favorite character in the series, although now I'm older, I actually prefer Goku myself. Nevertheless, this arc, I really felt, showcased Gohan as best, and gave him great character development, and in a way, completed his story arc. Although I don't dislike the later developments with him in the Buu Saga. Something I observed about Gohan in his final battle with Cell was that he fought using just one arm. 
Is it possible that this was a subtle reference to his fate in the Chunks future, where he also lost an arm and actually died at the hands of the androids? It might also be a reference to Goku's battle with King Piccolo back in Dragon Ball. Spoilers for Jesse, but in that battle, Goku only used a one-handed Kamehameha to defeat King Piccolo, although he didn't blast him to death. Although those weren't exactly the same age, maybe Toriyama was sort of referencing that fight to further demonstrate Goku's passing the torch to his son and scoring a major victory against a kid as a kid against Cell, just as his dad scored a major victory as a kid against Piccolo. That could be. I never thought about that. That's actually a nice uh, callback. Because they both <laughs> defeat each other with one arm. On the other hand, uh, or one other thing I noticed is that this, this saga as a whole uses the that uses the dynamic of fathers and sons a lot, as both Goku and Vegeta's kids emerge from their training with their fathers more powerful than, than their parents. Plus, in counting Trunks' epilogue, both second-generation Saiyans actually defeat Cell. Now that I did... I have noted in the past, I'm not sure if I've ever said on the podcast, but that is something that I think is a thematic truism to DBZ in that, like, uh, that's the, the, the incoming generations always tend to out, outdo the previous generations. It's a theme of, of the Boo Saga and, like, why I don't like how it ends, but never mind. Okay, here's my attempt at a DBZ no prize. Cell said that he returned thanks to the nucleus in his head remained intact, but he clearly had his head destroyed when Goku used his warp Kamehameha earlier. Maybe Cell simply thought he the nucleus was in his head when it actually wasn't. After all, if he never knew it was there to begin with, how would he know it was in his head at all? Interestingly, I think the Ocean Dub may have actually claimed that the nucleus was either in his core, or that he could only regenerate indefinitely so as long as the one single cell remained intact. At least that's what I recall from watching the Ocean Dub on Cartoon Network UK many, many years ago. A quick question, if I may. Since Cell absorbed the androids from our timeline and they were stronger than his timeline, do you think he would have been as powerful if he, had, if he absorbed the androids from his own timeline? Maybe saying that, like, if he absorbed the androids from his original timeline, he would be weaker than he was in the Soul Games. It's, it's possible, I suppose. Um, who knows? Um, well, that's all for now. Thanks for putting out such a great podcast, and I look forward to joining you guys for the Boo Saga. Regards, Alex Evangeli. P.S. For April Fool's Day edition, you guys should cover either some of the Dragon Ball GT episodes or the Harmony Gold dub. We just might. I'd like to do an <laughs> April Fool's episode. We've never actually gotten the chance to. I know, it'd be epic. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a quick, quick break, and we'll get back and uh, bring in some of the callers. Hello, podcast listener. Do you like... Ready to form Voltron! Or maybe... How about... I am Batman! Or... This is a job for Superman! Do you remember... Power Rangers! Or this? Right away, Michael. Or maybe even this? Autobots, transform! <laughs> or this? By the power of Grayskull! Or... For the honor of Grayskull! Or have you seen the latest episode of... Hello. I'm the Doctor. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then check out Charlie's GeekCast, hosted by me, Charlie Niemeyer. Charlie's GeekCast is a bi-weekly podcast covering comics and other geek stuff. The first episode of each month is devoted to comics, where I look at random comics from my collection. The other episode of the month is devoted to whatever else I want to talk about, such as movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, and more. Feel free to check it out at www.charliesgeekcast.com.
gonna need us one more time. They're coming with heat and our training's complete, so it's time to show them just how we grind. First up, the man of the hour. So fresh and so clean, like he stepped out the shower. Only thing you know is number one, but you can always count on Goku, son. Next in from Planet Vegeta, you're stepping to him, and I wouldn't want to be it. Ambitious, malicious, and chasing the top, but don't call him son, you best call him pop. Worry your blood, worry your race, worry your skills, worry your pace. Catch you with a tail on a full moon night, can break eight, but you catch pace, man. Make room for Piccolo, he'll special beam cannon on your girl with that dynamic flow. And while we're on the planet, there's an alien trying to steal our balls like a bandit. But our power level's growing, about to break your scouter. Had to turn the Kingy Force all into clam chowder. Ripped Frieza into pieces so he knew we weren't playing. Lesson number one, don't piss off a Super Saiyan. Uh, now the androids wanna play rough, but even in their perfect form, the cells work good enough. Piccolo's protege stepping in to save the day. Heat them with my Cinco, then break them like they're made of clay. Trunks coming in, shelving enemies like trophies. And just for the record, Trunks did kill Broly. Scars that they've gotta earn, battles that they've gotta fight. Machin Boo's doing wrong, Z Cruz by making right. Z Fighter stand up, I think these clowns made our list. Shinra better grant our wish, don't get hit. With a dragon fist, fight to win, win to lose, only lose to improve. Headed to the top, and we set control for prove. We're back. Oops, I forgot about my review for Battle of Gods. Just you reminded me because I'm a dope. Um, and, I'll, and I'll be, I'll be very brief. This, this won't be a. Uh... This won't be very uh, long, but yes, I have seen uh, the Battle it Gods. It sucks. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, again, thank you, Jordan, for, for providing me the link. I, I did see it. Um, I have seen the the, the Battle Gods movie, and I've only seen it the one time so far. Uh, my current thoughts, I am personally mixed on it. Um, it's 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 the longest running Dragon Ball Z thing ever. It is legit. It's like an hour and a half. It's the longest out of all the movies, out of all the episodes, obviously. Um, and it legitimately uh, pushes the for- the storyline further because uh, it involves continuity between like in between the Buu Saga and the final, like the final episode of the Dragon Ball Z and uh, the final chapter. You know, the ten year later time skip. Um, and I won't I won't, I won't say anything that that are spoiler heavy. <clears throat> Pros. I'll 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 do it cross space style. Pros, I liked, uh, I liked the characters of of Beers and uh, Wiss. I believe is how you pronounce them. If we're gonna uh, add English to it, the antagonist, basically the antagonist, like the cat villain and um, his handler. I like those characters a lot. They they are. I can legitimately say they are different than any other villain we've ever ha- or any other antagonist we've had in the series. And they are interestingly and they are interesting enough to you know be notable and memorable. I really I really like them. I liked Goku's role in this movie, and I didn't think I would, but I do. I liked how he was sort of brought into the plot, and um, for a while, I mean, th- this, the movie concentrates on the other characters. It kind of moves away from him for a long time. Basically, the the, the main characters in this movie are Goku, Vegeta, and Bulma. I must say, um, I told Jesse some of this stuff. That the plot of the movie takes place at Bulma's birthday party. Uh, and continuity is a bit of a thing here because she actually lies about her age. If you actually go by the timeline uh, of the series, she's she's a lot older than she says she is. But what are you going to do? Um, well, I could I could completely see Bomber doing that though. 
Oh yeah, that was totally in character. That's that's not. I'm not mad at that at all because uh, it makes sense within her character. Um, I like the fact that all the characters were there. Um, I wish we would seen more of them. I liked the inclu- the inclusion of Emperor Pilaf and his cronies, which were uh, originally Dragon Ball villains. I thought it worked well. I thought they were ultimately superfluous. I mean, they they almost didn't need to be in the movie, but I thought from what they were, they were actually pretty fun. And that might be it. I, 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 I'm not. I don't dislike this movie, but the thing is that like, I was taken aback by how very, 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 very breezy this story was, because it's it's about like sixty five percent comedy and thirty five percent fighting. And for a Dragon Ball Z movie, I was surprised. If it was a Dragon Ball, if they labeled it Dragon Ball, that's one thing. But labeling it Dragon Ball Z, I was really kind of taken aback by how little fighting there was ultimately. I like how the fights end. I like how that ends. But um, I was actually surprised. And um, the fights themselves were, I didn't think there were anything to be to, to write home about. There are some like definite continuity errors in terms of power levels that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rage quit about. But at the same time, it's like why. If you're gonna have a character say they're gonna destroy the world, if they're gonna have a character basically say I'm going to, to skull f- the planet, then why wouldn't Gotenks go Super Saiyan three? Is my is my question. <laughs> it's like it's one of those things where it's like I'm not sure why characters aren't doing certain things. The Super Saiyan God aspect of the plot, I liked. I liked how it, how it, how it was sort of done. I won't say how it was brought up in the movie, but I kind of liked. I I thought like the, the I thought the background of that sort of aspect was kind of really stupid. But I liked how it ended up being, because uh, it, it involved certain characters' participations, which which I appreciated. Um, but ultimately, it wasn't really a big it wasn't really a big deal, to be honest. The Super Saiyan God form really could not have been in this movie. It really didn't impact anything at all. So that was kind mm. of odd. I'm really looking forward to us talking about it later on the podcast, maybe two years from now. I'm not sure, because I, I would really like a second second opinion on this. I know the guys Kazenshu really really enjoyed it. But those guys, and I, again, I don't ever mean to disparage these guys. Because I have nothing but respect for them. But like, it is a certain thing where like uh, we kind of come from different generations of DBC fandom. They are very much like a fans of the Dragon Ball franchise as it is in Japan. Whereas I am very much like the late '90s, early 2000s American Dragon Ball Z fan fan guy. And I think that like our expectations were certainly different. And that's just kind of you know where I'm coming from. I think that might be all I can say before it, I get into spoiler territory. Unless, if Jesse, if you have any, any questions on, you know, anything that might have come up. So, do you think you, if your expectations were different, your enjoyment would have been uh, higher? Well, personally, to be, I'm going to be honest. My expectations actually were, were a bit low going into it. Just because of, like, what I had seen before. Because I, I like the, the, the Dragon Ball Z movies that, that they did in the 90s. I really enjoy, you know, well, I mean. Not all of them, but like you know, I kind of like that style. And ever since they come up with this new content, like you know, Goku and his friends return and episode of Bardock, I wasn't really crazy about those styles, those styles of storytelling and like you know, the new animation. So, going into this movie, I wasn't really jamming on how you saw, you know, how the, how these characters were sort of animated and you know how how it was looking and how it was directed. I wasn't really grooving on that, so I I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much. And I like it better than episode of Bardock. <laughs> because because the storytelling is a bit interesting, but actually it actually did make me appreciate uh, Goku and his friends return a bit more because that one was totally a showcase for the characters. You saw all the characters have have their bits. You saw all the characters you know kind of show off, and it was it was a lot more fun. Whereas this one, 
and, and yeah, I've, I've only seen it the one time. I want to see it again, kind of have a second opinion because it felt really, really, it felt almost, almost disjointed. Like you know, sometimes it'll be serious, sometimes it'll be lighthearted, and it felt, it felt, I don't know, I wasn't really sure what the focus on the story was. It was, it, it felt very, very like kind of like you know, Matt lives Dragon Ball Z. Um, you think it could have been flushed out as a story arc as opposed to a single film? Um, I don't know. I mean, like for a ninety-minute movie, they used the time well. I'm not sure. I felt that the storyline was definitely complete. I don't think it was. I don't think it was rushed, but it's one of those things where you know, in the series, when something happens, the characters tend to take it seriously, and this time they they really really didn't, which I which I didn't appreciate. You know, again, if a character says he's going to, he's going to destroy the world, you would think that like everybody would take that seriously and go at, go at the character with everything they had, like they do in the series. And and in this one, it was again. This was written by Akira Toriyama, who, at his nature. It's a it's a comedic manga writer, a comedic mangaka. He's not really a a a dark, grim and gritty kind of guy. And I'm not, I'm not really asking him to be, but we've seen him do things about more serious in the series, like with the Cell Saga in the history of Trunks and all that stuff. So I was kind of like you know wondering why certain things were just really random and slapstick at, at certain points. It was, hmm. it, it 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 was it was an odd viewing experience and I, and I I look forward to seeing it again for the podcast but that's so far that's, that's uh, what I will now, say now when you uh, initially saw it you said that uh, the more you think about it the more you've liked or the more your opinion's changing on it so do you, do you think it'll that'll happen down the road more so You're, you'll have a, especially if you view it a second time yeah I think so yeah when I was texting you and telling you about it like um, my opinion on it kind of like uh, increased in, qual- in like you know positivity. Again, I was actually listening to the reviews of uh, Kazunichu. In fact, I know the latest, as of this recording, the latest episode of Kazunichu had them review uh, the movie off of the Blu-ray because at first they just they just went off of um, one of the correspondents' review seen in Japan, and they enjoyed it. I mean, I mean they 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 had you know one or two issues with it, but they overall really really enjoyed it. And um, I. I didn't. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't enjoy it either. I was very mix is a very, very, uh, very good word for how I felt about it. I mean, I I liked the characters. I liked how the Super Saiyan God thing ended up being used. You know, I I, I never liked that premise. <laughs> I'll just just leave it at Super Saiyan three. But I thought that like I, I just wish that like it was taken a bit more. If if because it's because it's this is, is in canon by and large, and because it's, you know this affects the characters' histories, I kind of wanted to be, I kind of wanted the story to have more weight. Um, I understand that. And I'm not saying that like it's it's completely superfluous, but the way the story was being fleshed out, it was feeling that way. Um, that's 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 essentially it, I think. So overall, uh, as far as new DBZ content, you know, for the first time in years. Do you consider it a positive experience, uh, or kind of like it, we we could we could have left it alone? I think uh, a you said way- you enjoyed it more than episode of Bardock, so yeah. Because the- <laughs> I thought I hated episode of Bardock, but I didn't like it. Um, here's the thing: I think that like both episode of Bardock and Goku and his friends return, you could take or leave. Now this actually, I I, I like Goku and his friends return. In fact, this movie actually puts that into continuity. Strangely enough. But I do think that like this one does earn its place in the in the in in the main series canon because of I, I, because of the ending and I, I I enjoy the ending and I think the ending kind of makes up for it. I think it actually got better as it went along but as a story as like you know like, like sort of like, let's say like, you know the Battle of God saga or the Battle of God's arc if we were to say it that way it doesn't really hold hold itself high up there or you know in terms of the movies 
But in terms of like the overall history in the canon of Dragon Ball Z, I do think it earns its place, and that kind of comes along with how it ends and what it says about uh, Goku and the other characters, which which I do enjoy. And I think there's actually like, Toriyama writing very well. It's it's very hit or miss for me, I must say. Cool. Now you said there's 13 films. Does that not include this one? There's 13 films, and then there's uh, Goku and his friends return, and then there's episode of Bardock, and then there's this film. So I guess we're looking at 16. So 16. Films. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> now since we're covering this film uh, at a future date, did you want to cover episode of Bardock or? Um, Goku and his friends return. Oh yeah, I, that that's gonna be on the docket. Like the, we'll cover those before this because they came out before this. But like once we wrap up the boost saga, we'll get we'll get into um, Goku and his friends return and episode of Bardock definitely. Because yeah, um, quality notwithstanding, I am interested in seeing episode of Bardock because uh, the character definitely interests me. And then seeing for me seeing all the DBZ content lined up, the, the I guess the gap in time that these were produced won't be as noticeable to me maybe uh, i think it'll be an experience uh, a fun viewing experience yeah i think so um i mean i was excited but i i kind of knew uh in terms of goku and his friends return and that, again that's that's basically like you know a jump anniversary special it's 30 minutes or it's basically goku and goku and pals derping around i kind of knew going in that that was going to be a very lighthearted thing and I, and I enjoyed that for what it was i like i like that a lot um this one isn't that because it's supposed to support the series, and because of that, a lot of characters don't really have a a, a decent showing. They're all there, but um, I'm I'm not really happy with how how Gohan was treated in this thing. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> but th- that'll 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 reflect on how he. Uh, the, the most important thing, though, how was Yamcha treated? <laughs> well, um, he does as much as you can expect, which is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> But he is there. Both does him and he die. Uh, how, how does he die? Well, he dies. But <laughs> uh, uh, Beers throws a pillow at him and he dies. Um, Yamcha now, is the South Park's Kenny of Dragon Ball. He's really not because Krillin dies more than he does. But like he, <laughs> he's weaker than Krillin. Um, but uh, Yamcha actually shows up in like you know a um, not a kimono. But like you know, he and Krillin are actually wearing Japanese clo- Japanese looking clothes for some reason. Um, what? Yeah, I mean they they look like they're like they're like totally retro. They look, they're both decked out and um, Krillin, Yamcha, and Tien are all decked out in like these like these like ancient Japanese looking costumes. Whereas okay, don't uh, don't the characters get new costume or new like looks in this? Yeah. Uh, episode? Oh, well, cool. Go- Goku and Vegeta are are very much like a throwback. Like Goku and Vegeta look like they come out. They're both dressed as they are in the Cell Cell Saga. Actually, Vegeta. Vegeta doesn't wear the clothes he wears in the boots. Like he wears like the the Cell Games costume. I don't know why. I, I, actually, I actually like his boots like the best, but whatever. But um, all the characters look different. Like you know, all, I mean, like, when I say look they're different, they all wear different. They they have different clothing than they do in the other in anything else. Like they all are dressed different than we've ever ever seen them. Which which is fine. I like that. I like I like the different clothes. I, I have nothing 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 against them. Um, yeah, Yamcha doesn't do anything. Um, uh, I, I pretty much. Uh, Every, everybody, everybody gets beat up. I'll, I'll say that, uh, which which is interesting. Uh, partic- particularly the way the what happens to Piccolo, I, I find is interesting. Especially what happened him and Gotenks are are pretty uh, interesting to see. But um, what is a Gotenks? That is the question, isn't it? Ha 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 ha. <laughs> we'll get it. We we'll, we'll we'll get into that uh, in the future. In in the near future. Yeah. Uh, I I will, I will say like this is one of those times where like you know the antagonist is you know stronger than anybody. 
But it's not as annoying as it sounds because every I, that that's always like you know sort of a toss off kind of thing. But uh, Beer is the, is the god of this god of destruction. So he um, he is in the upper upper echelon of like you know galaxy gods like like King Kai. He's like one of those characters. So you kind of buy the idea that he's stronger than everybody. It's not really like you know oh he trained or whatever. So yeah, I like the idea that um, it was a more mythological. Uh, it, from the from the uh, impressions I got, it was a more mythological approach to a villain as opposed to a sci-fi or even a fantasy approach. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 it. Okay, but I don't want to stutter too much. That'll make me have me edit more stuff. But um, uh, the cell cycle was obviously sci-fi. The freezer cycle was like science fantasy. I thought you know being in space. The boost cycle is totally totally like fantasy, like magic magic characters. This was fantasy-ish and sort of like a myth like you say a mythological thing sort of a deity kind of thing so i mean props to toriyama he definitely doesn't reuse the same villain twice i'll i will absolutely give him that like he that guy is one of the most creative uh uh writers (laughs) japanese or american or 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 whatever i have ever seen because he he keeps on coming with these characters because apparently like um the 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 antagonist beers was based off his own cat, <laughs> which is kind That's of cool. awesome. Yeah, so like I mean, I, th- I thought it, it, it works well for it. Works very well. It's actually kind of funny because like when they like, when King Kai says, "Oh no, it's beers," uh, Goku says, "Oh, I've heard of, I've heard of that snack. What is it like?" And King Kai says, "Oh, it's a great <laughs> snack. <laughs> it's awesome." <laughs> so that's kind of cool. And you see Bulma drunk. So there's that. Um, you see you know, her drunk. Well, I mean, it's it's her birthday. She can drink if she wants to, but like it's. Which I I personally really like that fact that Boma is a major player in this movie because she is. It's hard to tell because she's on a fire, but she's supposed to be like one of the main characters in in the entire Dragon Ball canon. I mean, she was the first character that Goku meets. She uh you know invented you know the Dragon Radar. Uh, she's in every she's in every major saga at one point or another. Even though the character herself is actually likable, <laughs> I like I like the character. Uh, fair enough. Um, and she and she and Vegeta actually have like you know uh domestic hijinks. So there's that to look forward to. Um, so I think that that'll, that'll do us for the discussion of Battle of Gods for now. Um, table this discussion. Yes. And we'll, we will, we will get back to it, uh, a while from now, but trust me, we'll, we'll get back to it. Let's uh, bring on the callers. Hello. Hello. Introduce yourself, sir. What is your name? Uh, Daniel Yarbrough. Hey, it's the hey. much the legendary. How are you guys doing? We are doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. This is a great cap off to my weekend. I was off Thursday for my birthday and had a good relaxing day yesterday. And today I'm on this show. Excellent, excellent, excellent. We were you were a bit like like the unofficial third co-host of the show because you <laughs> write in so many times. But well, we we love this. It's it's actually great to finally talk to you, Daniel. It's great to be and happy on. Happy belated birthday! Thank you. Yeah, actually, uh, I was gonna say that uh, exactly a year ago, I was stuck working on my birthday, and what pops up on my podcast feed, but the next episode of the Next Dimension. Sweet. And I'm listening to you guys, and uh, you know, after like the fourth person that I swear was not me in disguise said said I should be on the show, you guys said if. You know, Daniel, if you ever want to be a guest on the show, just let us know. And a year later, you finally let me on. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I, I forget <laughs> but, about a lot of things. 
<laughs> no, that's okay. I'm just joking. But that that actually did make my night. So I just wanted to say I actually appreciate that guy, that from you guys really. Well, you were the first person to write us in, I believe. Um, do you do you remember how you found the show? Were you like you know in the podcast gutters, slumming around? <laughs> uh, no, actually, I heard you advertising it on uh, the Spider-Man uh, Crawl Space podcast because I listen to that all the time. Oh, okay, okay, excellent, excellent, very excellent. And you've been basically with us like ever since. Uh, I've not listened to those early episodes in forever, but. Uh, <laughs> the Saiyan Saga and like all throughout the Freeze Saga and into into now at the very end, uh, in between the Cell Saga and the Boo Saga, which you love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is my favorite. But uh, like I said on the little chat thing, uh, your guys' coverage of uh, Cell Saga has really made me think that story-wise, that might be my favorite. Like personally, for a lot of other reasons, the Boo Saga is still my favorite. But just as a story itself, the Cell Saga really is more even more than i thought it was <laughs> okay what, what did um to kind of open up a bit of a discussion what did you like about the cell saga story and without getting into much spoilers what do you like about the boo saga that makes it your favorite hmm, uh well i think just uh as you guys have talked about with the the cell saga it's just it's a really just a well-structured story and the characters and their arcs that they go on just is probably the best that DBZ ha- has come up with. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as the Boo Saga, I think it's just the characters in their designs and the evolution and kind of the just the way the world is set up is just my favorite, the personal my personal favorite, if that makes any sense. Oh, I'll give you that. I, well, man, I was just uh, Jesse and I were just now talking about Battle of Gods, and I said that like Toriyama every single time. Outdoes himself in terms of uh, character designs. He never uses the same villain twice. He always like makes every villain different and unique and apart from each other while still visually appealing. So I I, I agree with you. Like like in terms of the designs, I think that Boo and Dabra and all those other characters are very uh they're Toriyama esque, but they're not they're not redundant or they're not repetitive. So I, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something I do like. I like about the series evolution as a whole. Or I always thought is that um it kind of the villains kind of advance and work in the way that they change of, you know, first you have, okay, the, an evil version of basically Goku with the Saiyans. Then you to up that, you get, okay, stronger aliens. Then to up that, okay, we have to build something that's, you know, sci-fi mechanical to beat the, our heroes. And then past that in the Boo Saga, you have to use magic to build something that is stronger than the heroes. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's basically a, uh, <laughs> They try to kill Goku so many times that they must come up with more and more crap, I imagine. <laughs> Which is why I think GT failed, because it kind of just went back to the well of, okay, we'll get more aliens and robots and throw it at them. Yeah. It, G- GT is like the one thing where, like, compared to anything else in Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball, G- Dragon Ball Z, that feels like it's going back to the well of certain things. You know, they brought back uh, one of the androids. They basically, basically like, just... And, like, I don't know. It just... It feels very, very been there done that and i'm not sure how to explain how but it, it does you think that's the lack of toriyama's involvement i would guarantee that's a lack of toriyama i mean granted, yeah. he did he did design some of the characters but even still like he didn't design enough of them so uh yeah i, I think that the, the lack of the toriyama touch in terms of the story element really makes gt kind of die on its ass I, I, I don't there are parts of it i like but like it it it's not <sighs> Even if even if I, I have reservations about the Boo Saga, Boo Saga still feels like Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball 
in the in the larger spectrum and gt feels like a cash ca uh, cash tie-in so are there any uh any points you want to bring with any questions you want to ask or anything uh, in particular yeah i did have a few uh just some uh random little questions and then some uh topic questions i guess uh really quick just want to ask uh what made you guys decide to do the podcast uh well it's funny you should ask that daniel um uh i was actually um i was it was my last year of college in 2011 2012 and i was actually like like walking down uh my dorm room uh or walking towards my dorm room and i was just thinking to myself you know i'm on because i i am on uh several podcasts i was on um i'm on crawlspace right now i used to be on a show called me spider-man classics um i'm a part of the batman universe and like I was thinking about how I really love talking about those things, and I was wondering if there was anything else I'd like to talk about. And um, I uh, I thought, you know what? I really could do a podcast on Dragon Ball Z. I know a lot about it. I know, you know, the whole series, backwards and frontwards. But I, would, I don't want to do it by myself. I want to think about who I could bounce off with that could uh, really... Uh, really you know make it make a, an interesting show because i think that dragon ball z is a show that like people like but i've not heard i've not heard it discussed uh, often if, if you know what i mean I've not had people conversations about you know that go outside you know like oh can trunks defeat broly or whatever like that kind of you know like well <laughs> was goku an ass when he threw gohan into the cell games or not like that kind of stuff so like uh i was thinking you know i would like to have that kind of podcast where we talk about it and uh, initially, like, you know, I mean, I, I was kind of wanting my brother to do it, but he doesn't want to be on any show to, in case that will, podcast will damage him and, you know, future job endeavors. So I thought, well, I need somebody calm. I need somebody cool-headed. And um, if possible, they don't need to know the series as long as they can podcast well. And um, I know of Jesse. I think Jesse and I were acquaintances at that time because he, uh, we had a, we have a mutual friend who's on, you know, the green room right now. And um, they, he used to be a part of a Godzilla podcast. And um, I just messaged him on Facebook, hey, dude, how much do you know about Dragon Ball Z? He's like, not much. And um, I mean, I mean, I, I, Jesse's in the room. I might as well ask, like, what, what was it like uh, when I asked you to join the podcast? I was kind of a little flabbergasted. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think the message was uh, was like legitimately, hey, do you like Dragon Ball? Right. And I was like, yeah, uh, I'm not very familiar with it, but I like what I've seen. And I... I it was in my peripherals as I was growing up. I was part of that, you know, that generation that it was on American television and it was very popular, you know, during high school. And I had friends who were really into it. So I, even though I wasn't familiar with it, uh, it was still kind of, I was aware of it. So I was like, yeah, you know, it's, it, I had at least had enough interest to say, you know, I want to know more about this. And I just never had a chance prior. And I could kind of see what Don was looking for with the kind of role he wanted to fill that I was going to go. So I was like, I, I think that's a good idea. I think it's a good idea to be on a show that has a a format kind of set up already. And why, yeah, just being on a show that uh, with him, because he's obviously very, very intelligent and very well-spoken. And I knew oh, we would sure. get into a lot of very good discussions. And it would bring more to the show than just, this scene was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think we were guilty of that in the first few episodes because uh, I know one thing that was very, very difficult is like we can make this podcast as long as we get past the first episode because there's so much – and if you go back to this episode, there's so much exposition that needs to get out of the way. Like who the hell is Goku? And and I'm trying to go by like the synopsis in in the the characters 
And it's like, as long as people like Dragon Ball Z and they can roll with this, and Jesse has a clue what's going on, if we can just get past this first episode, we'll make it. And like that was sort of like, I think the Saiyan Saga, uh, we, we might be able to do that better now if we, we were to review it again. But like, uh, like um, that was sort of like the trial uh, part of uh, the podcast, I thought. I think that like, um, I personally think that once we got halfway through the Freedom Saga, we really felt our, found our legs. Yeah, well, as a listener, you know, I uh, think, yeah, the uh, those first few episodes, you can, it's you guys have to explain a lot because that there's you're skipping Dragon Ball, and there's even if you started at the beginning of Dragon Ball, there's a lot of things that make no sense if you've never seen the show and or the uh, book in any context. Mm-hmm. And but uh, I think your guys' enthusiasm of you know why you like the show and being able to say what you liked about it was it's what got me interested in, and kept listening to you oh yeah no, I'm, I'm glad to hear that i'm glad that like the, the show is not just us talking about you know like like super saiyan goku it's it's more like you know like you you can there's there's already a fan there's already a fan enthusiasm within you and that kind of gets illuminated when we uh do the podcast i mean i assume it is yeah <laughs> so no, I, i'm we're very glad to hear that just real quick uh do either of you guys have any kind of uh uh, Dragon Ball Z collection of your own, something that you collect from the show. Uh, I have one bobhead bobble I found at Dragon. Huh? You said a bobblehead? Yes. Which it's one? like a Goku bobblehead I got from a friend. Awesome. I don't know. That's cool. It, it, it looks like quality of probably like a McDonald's toy, but it was at his house. I was like, hey, I need this. Is that why? Because I just need this in my life. <laughs> so it sits on my desk and it. And he'll bobble occasionally. Sweet. And that, that's it, though. I, I want more. I, I would like to. I have I have dreams of getting a bigger house and having a a huge room just dedicated to all my, my geeky obsessions. And having a shelf dedicated to each each facet of that. And I would love to have a, a Dragon Ball shelf with um, a special made Yamcha that lays on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> a Yamcha statue of his, of his corpse. I think they probably have that somewhere. I think lately they do. I I know um in Comic Con they have a lot of like these miniature toys with uh with certain scenes. They actually they actually have like Piccolo dead with Gohan crying over it. I personally have I don't I don't have a lot of stuff. I actually have um the do you know about this Daniel like like the Viz comics of like the individual chapters like the yeah I have a few of those when uh Viz started to release them uh, release the series here in America that was something they tried to do to basically you know try to sell it more to an American audience they did like the chapters or two chapters as individual comic book regular size comic books yes that i i i got my my comic shop had those right when I was getting to d b z like right in ninety nine and Actually, like in the past year, like recently, um, around the time that we we started talking about the movies, uh, uh, Tree of Might, Lord Slug, and Cooler's Revenge, uh, that month my comic shop just got someone got got them a huge load of Dragon Ball, those Dragon Ball comics, like from the end of the peel off arc, all the way to like the twenty second uh, tournament. So I was like, it was, it was a huge collection. They were like in the fifty wow. cent bin. So like, there was like like thirty or forty comics, and I've not backed and board those yet. But I have I have those. I have um, I have most of the DBZ manga, like from volumes one to twenty six. I'm missing a few. Like in our next episode, when we get back to the series, I actually don't have that volume. Um, so I need to find it somehow because they don't they don't really sell them anymore. They kind of just sell them in the big chunks, and um, 
when Jesse and I were talking about starting the show, I actually bought off of Amazon. Um, there's a gigantic Toriyama art book that you can get off Amazon. Uh, it's mostly in Japanese, but like uh, it has like uh, illustrations from him uh, all throughout Dragon Ball. It's a Dragon Ball specific uh, art book, so I have that. And um, when I, when my brother and I were kids, we had some of the toys, but those are the ones that kind of are you know displayed around in my room. Cool. What about yourself? Oh, I have a lot of the. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of the those figures from the early days when it started out that were the imports from Japan. I I actually prided myself on having every version of Gohan for a while until the show got popular and they started making more. So now I'm way behind on that. But I got you know a lot of figures and um, uh, a lot of the books. I don't have all the. Uh, manga chapters that we're working on that uh, actually if you're looking for uh that one you might check out um funimation's official website they mm-hmm. have their dragon shop or whatever is still active even though it looks like it's you know from 2000 but <laughs> it's it's still active and you can find some of the older out of print stuff the you know early or the mangas and some of the older dvds and stuff they're pretty cheap for a reasonable price. Okay. I mean, again, like they don't sell them in bookstores because bookstores are dying. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> like, uh, that's, that's, that's actually excellent. Cause I, I need, I just, anything I'm missing is from, um, I think I'm missing one volume from the cell saga and then maybe two volumes from the boo saga. That's all I'm essentially missing. Not, not that I, not that I need to look at those to find out where they are because Hey, internet, but, yeah. um, that's, that's essentially it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, uh, some bigger uh, discussion point. Um, with, I was wondering, with all the talk of new Dragon Ball Z series possibilities or new movies and stuff, if they were doing a new series, what would you guys rather see? Would you want to see them do a complete reanimation of the original story from beginning to end with new animation? Would you want them to continue it from the end of the Boo Saga in some new fashion? Or maybe just do some kind of completely different spinoff. What do you think, Jesse? Um, I think that <clears throat> I don't think enough time has passed, or enough quality has. There's been enough of a quality jump to need to reanimate it. Mm-hmm. Um, while I'm usually a fan of of that approach to certain things, I guess like remakes. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think it looks bad enough. Like, and I think Kai is kind of a good middle ground with that re-editing and representing. With GT, there's like a large time skip, and you know towards the end of the series, there's some time skips going on. So, I think to kind of preserve where the series, I think eventually goes, it'd probably be easiest to just do a spinoff. Mm-hmm. Because inevitably, if you if you focus on some of the characters, even at a, a different point in their life, you're gonna you're gonna affect some fans, and you're gonna kind of get some outrage regardless. A right. spinoff more or less gives you a, a clean slate and at the same time you can you can have appearances by other characters or, or you could have cameos or uh characters and locations go in and out it would be um it would kind of depend i think on which character like it would be a character kind of you know that you really don't see much about like i don't know the adventures of oolong or something um if obviously if you like next episode goku makes an appearance then once you once you pass that that's going to become the expectation. 
Yeah, that's that's that's, right. that's the expectation for every content. In fact, like honestly, and this is this is this is part of the reason why I'm so burned by the boots. Like, is that like I legitimately don't want any new content to be about Goku. That's just not the kind of that's not the type of fan I am. I re- I would really like uh it to be more about like um I don't know. If we if we were a new series and it'd be about Goten and Trunks, that would be really cool. I think. Um, because those are the characters that I really enjoy in the Boo and those are the characters that I, I would like to follow as they got older. And I think that they kind of missed a trick by the end of the series in not involving them more in the in the main narrative. Personally. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, as far as the spinoff goes, that I, I I would see something like that, or even do what Dragon Ball Z kind of promised, which was to focus on uh, Gohan too, to give him a, his own story without Goku's involvement. Oh yeah. Because it started a lot like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Uh oh yeah. Uh one more uh kind of discussion I wanted to bring up with you guys is uh online uh, you know I've seen a lot uh lately here and there of uh the series and uh, Kira Toriyama often getting accused of being kind of a sexist thing because of the way <laughs> the because of the way they treat the female characters their lack of story or just the you know how they are treat portrayed in the story uh so what do you guys think oh you've, you've tickled my bone <laughs> um actually I, i'm actually glad you glad you brought this up because i think it's an interesting discussion point um i personally think that you cannot put your hand on your heart and say that there are a uh a tub of female characters that play an integral role in dragon ball z but I wouldn't label Toriyama. I wouldn't say he's a misogynist, but I do think that like the female characters in the in the series can be a bit problematic in how they're written. Um, and I can elaborate on that further. But before I get into that, you want to say you want to comment on that, Jesse? Uh, I could see with I guess particularly with like Boma and Chi-Chi, who are the first two characters that come to mind, mm-hmm. where the that idea could come from, but. Is Boma really any more of a comic relief or a, I guess, incompetent character than Yamcha or Krillin? Like, I don't think <laughs> it's. Any, I don't think that's unfair. Like, uh, Boma is shown to be useful, and particularly in the Cell Saga, towards the end of it, she's she's shown helping out, uh, fixing sixteen, mm-hmm. and shown in a very good light, I believe. Uh, Chi-Chi uh, mostly is shown being overbearing and crazy but at the same time though you know she is a, a very loving mother and is very protective of, of her of her child uh could could toriyama write those better yes i don't think that's necessarily a knock at females as much as maybe not not being as good a writer or as uh buried a writer as he could be mm-hmm. but i don't think that yeah. shows any ill intent or malice like oh yeah Right. Or reflect how he views it all. I mean, uh, <clears throat> Android 18 is very much a strong female character. Oh yeah, yeah um, she definitely is. Oh yeah, and and I'm I'm definitely interested in seeing more from her. So yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't think uh, I believe that that uh, Toriyama could be sexist. I think that in Dragon Ball, you it's an easier case to make because that series starts off incredibly raunchy. Um, at like at the expense of the female characters, not just you know, like 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 I'm not talking about like you know, like 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 women lingerie running around everywhere. I mean like Boma gets 
uh, topped off a lot in the early series, and it's kind of it's kind of it's actually kind of troubling to watch from a Western perspective. But at the same time, Toriyama's first first uh, manga that he worked on was about a little girl. So I mean, I think I mean it's sort of it's sort of a kind of a push and pull thing. I think that like he gets better as the series goes on. I remember one time I was listening to Kazanshu, and they talked about the female characters, and that virtually every major important female character, the the biggest contribution they have to the series is giving birth to to some of the Z fighters. Like you have Bulma gives birth to Trunks, Chi Chi gives birth to Gohan, and so on and so forth. And I think that that is an unfortunate trend, but that doesn't necessarily negate all the worth they've had in the series themselves, especially Bulma, and um. Like you mentioned, I mean, Android 18 is actually one of my favorite characters, and I really, we, we kind of like poked it off, Vegeta's getting beat up by a girl when we covered it, but I like the fact that she totally kicked his ass and broke his <laughs> yeah. arm in the series. What do you think, Daniel? Uh, I uh, pretty much agree with what you guys are saying. Um, it's, the, that whole subject is something that, you know, it's something I, I agree with, but at the same time, I, I think I kind of had this uh, way of putting it, uh, or came up with a way of putting it the other night that, you know, just because something has factors that are kind of sexist does not mean that there was ever any ill intent by any creator involved in it. It's just the way it is. And Dragon Ball, it was originally, you know, a show for boys. So the fact that there's any female characters at all, or the fact that, you know, it started out being about, a you know, a guy, this little boy and this girl. So... The fact that they have them at all is, you know, a better thing than not having them. I guess would be the thing. Oh, again, Bulma really is. She's she's a more major player in Dragon Ball than she is in DBZ. But even still, in you know the Free Saga, she's a major character. And Cell, I would argue that even though she's not around in the Cell Saga, she contributes a lot. Um, and I think that again, like going into the Boo Saga, uh, the character of Videl, who I won't say who she's related to, but. Like I really, really like her as a character. I was actually like reading some um some of the manga the other day, and I really am looking forward to covering her and where she goes in terms of uh the, the story because I I like that character a lot, and she's also fun to play on DBZ Budokai Tenkaichi Three. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I, I think that like it's one of those things where Toriyama could probably do better, but I've seen especially for Japan, he could do a whole whole hell of a lot worse. I'll tell you this that right now. <laughs> God sakes. At least there's no secretary yeah. around. Oh yeah, God in heaven. <laughs> but um, is is that is all is that all, Daniel? Is all the other uh, come up? Yeah, that's uh, pretty much all I had to bring to the table. Uh, unless you guys had anything you wanted to ask me or something. <laughs> well, there was something we wanted to ask you, and this is sort of a uh, a uh, tryout session because Jesse and I are you know these big judges on these big pedestals. <laughs> but because you are you are the guy that writes in with these very detailed thoughts, and you are our longest running uh, uh, emailer. Uh, we thought it'd be fun to, to bring you on and to review the movies next month. Do you think we'd be down for doing that? Oh, um, sure. Uh, which movies would that be? Uh... It would be Metal Cooler, uh, The Three Androids, Brawly, and Bojack Unbound. I'll have to check uh, which of those I actually have or if I can get them in time. I think I should be able to. Uh, but yeah, I'd uh, definitely be down for that. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, we, we can we can work out the details later because it's you know a month from now. But if you if you would like to uh, come in and review them with us, we'd absolutely love to have you. Sure. Yes, sir. All right. Excellent. Well, we'll uh, talk about that. All right. Well, thank you guys, and this has been a, a lot of fun, and I'm glad to 
finally, finally be a part of it and not bug you guys so much in written form. Nah, man, you're good. It's always fun to hear from you. Um, alright, let's bring in our next, uh, caller. A, a very notorious man from across the sea. Jesse, do you know who this guy is? I don't. I don't know who this is at all, yeah. It's some schmo. Schmo. Some schmo who brought you guys up, raised you, fed you, you know. The diaper stories I can tell you guys about Don and Jess. Oof. Oh, yeah, you, you don't know my name. The listeners don't. I am Primetime from the Absolution <laughs> Network, a.k.a. Thomas Primetime <laughs> Mattis, of Tom's prerogative, Tokyo SOS, comic book crazy. Uh, it'll be a while, folks, so go get some coffee. <clears throat> I just have to re- read off this list of name of podcasts. Uh, Hexcast, the Spectacular uh, Webs podcast, Not the Fault. Uh, com- the comic book pitch. Uh, let's see what this one called. Oh, um, uh, of giant robots and mices. Uh, you know all the ones you listen to. You're a very busy man. I am always a a very busy man. You know there there's a lot of demand for prime time. Dance monkey dance. Comics runs the internet. Indeed, so I I believe we ran one of your uh, promos uh, back when we were covering the Saiyan saga. The one time somebody ran one of my probos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have so many. Indeed. And I've only, like, ran your guys' promo about every other uh, podcast I put out. I'm very appreciative of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Um, we are currently at the end of the Cell Games. We're about to get into the Boot Saga, and Jesse has not seen the Boot Saga, so we're going to keep spoilers at a bare minimum. But is oh, there good. Any... I don't like the Boot Saga. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's not too bad. I was saying, what saga do you like, Thomas? Yeah, there you go. Actually, my favorite is the Cell Game Saga because I am a fan of Gohan. Excellent. Uh, I, that's where I think the Boo Saga and ultimately Dragon Ball Z went wrong. Again, not spoiling anything, only except that the focus won't be entirely on Gohan when it should have been. Mm-hmm, I agree. <laughs> and you have this bit, you know... Well, you haven't reached the end of the Cell Games, have you? No, yeah, we had we we finished the Cell Games last month. Okay, yeah. Well, the the at the end of Cell Games, go you know, Goku is gone. You know, the son has now has basically now taken his father's place as sort of the leader of the group. The focus should have been more on him. No, yeah, I agree. Um, the Boo Saga starts out that way, but like the way it ends up is a bit unfortunate. Yeah, people dislike the Boo Saga because it revolves around Super Saiyan three. Which, why that couldn't have been Gohan, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, I say revolves around. I'm not sure if it does, but uh, it's, it's, it, it has a focus problem. Goku always has to be the one to find the next level of Super Saiyan. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else in terms of uh, notoriety? I mean, like, like, what do you think of Dragon Ball Z, Thomas? I'm not sure if we've actually discussed this. Like, What is your major opinion on the series as a whole? As a whole, separating the whole fact that Dragon Ball Z is an important aspect, uh, as far as bringing anime to the West, an important aspect to the American-Japanese anime fandom, uh, and being there as part of Toonami, being an important part of Toonami, um, separating all that, it's a solid shonen series, and pretty much set the tone for what uh, is expected of a shonen 
anime series, whether it be, you know, you look at Naruto, you look at Bleach, you look at One Piece, you look at any shonen anime that comes out these days, uh, they all take example from Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and uh, Dragon Ball GT. Though it's funny to say, as long as Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball GT and the whole Dragon Ball franchise is, now you have Naruto and Bleach and all these in One Piece that are now one-upping it and are like even doing even double the amount of episodes that they're doing. Well, that's true, because I know that like Naruto and One Piece are still going on. Like, like they're... Dragon Ball Z used to be like one of the longer running shows. Now that's like like the uh, manga count for One Piece and Bleach and Naruto has like tripled that. Yeah, I, I can tell you um, because I'm on Crunchyroll right now. Which, by the way, you'll be happy to know, Don, that Crunchyroll will be screaming uh, "Haje no Ippo" the fighting. Yeah, I yeah, am absolutely. I love that series. <laughs> and in the same time, in the same announcement, they also announced. Uh, want to be the strongest in the world, which for those who don't know is a wrestling anime where uh, Japanese female idols uh, form a wrestling organization. Never heard of it. I'm <laughs> oh, you'll be hearing about it. Thomas, for all those who don't know, is a, uh, is a quite boisterous fellow who enjoys all aspects of anime. Yes, and, I do. In every, in every genre. Some genres more than others. Well, I was watching Hello Kitty the other day. Yeah, exactly. Some genres more than others. <laughs> but uh, this is playing Naruto Shippuden, which is the second series of uh, Naruto. Basically, they split uh, the series in two basically series separated by the supposed break that Naruto went on. Is at episode 333. 334 will be coming out in four days. The next dimension, a Naruto podcast. Indeed. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I, I mean, the only thing I know about you and Dragon Ball Z is that you lust over Android 18, which doesn't surprise me at all. Um, so I'm, I don't know you. if you want to know about any other uh, topics. Who or told discussion you points. that? You did. When? <laughs> when I said I'm I'm going to record uh, with Jesse. It's the episode where Android 18 beats up Vegeta, and he's like, Ah, oh, Android 18. Oh. Was I drunk? You don't drink. I must have been drunk because yeah. there's nothing sexual about Dragon Ball Z. Well, I mean, DBZ maybe not Dragon Ball, yes, but um, I, I don't know. Vegeta's Vegeta's will speaks pretty damn awesome. It is Brr. sexy. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> your guys' fantasies are completely, you know, on your own private time, guys. But you know, this is not podcast. As I t- always taught you, podcasting is not the place for personal opinions. So where would you, Tom, where, Thomas? Where would you rank Dragon Ball in like your your fandoms of of anime? Do you, do you prefer Naruto? Well, well, do you mean as because I, you know, I, I don't have a, I don't have on a the list large, of so what Jesse? I say I don't you know I don't have a large catalog of anime that I know so and I, I kind of know Don's preference but I'm just kind of seeing where it stands in um, regards to us for you. Well. I can only probably describe it as far as my feeling on anime. In my, like, top 25, it's number 20. Naruto and Bleach and those shows aren't even in my top 25. Uh, There are are 20 other anime properties that you like more than Dragon Ball? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Just to name a few, Cowboy Bebop, Outlaw Star, Escaflone, Gundam Wing, Kaleido Star, Princess Tutu, Hero Man, um, Big Windup, Ikitosa... what are the things that you you don't like about DBZ? Like, are any any things you think that they could do better? That's a, that's a good like question. Short- yeah, the things I can do better. You know, I just like the pacing. They, 
it, at the end of the day, it's a very good shonen adventure. Uh, it runs into the problem a lot of shonen adventures do, and sometimes it's just so long getting to a point. At the same point in time, that's sort of the code for liking this series. I'm not a big fan of the recent um, redoing of the series where they like we've taken all out all the extended like powering up time. DBZ Kai, yeah, yeah, DBZ Kai. Because to an extent, you sticking around for two episodes while they power up and nothing happens was kind of like code for liking the show back in the day. You know, if you really liked watching the show, you lasted through the two, three episode build up to get to the fight. Um, I don't miss that part. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So, so you that didn't like the Pixie, but you didn't like Kai either? What? So you said you didn't like the pacing initially. Well, I, I don't like... The, the, the pacing can sometimes get a little long. It's well, that's, 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 so that's, that's they edited to fix the pacing, and you didn't like that either? But I didn't think it needed to be fixed that way. I didn't think that the, okay. the fix to the pacing needed to be, oh, we need to take out all the buildup whatsoever. It's just that there are a couple of times throughout the series to where they're just, they're just dragging their feet. Yeah. That doesn't mean you take out all I think of they should have left, uh, They should have cut out all the payoff and left you with DBZ blue balls, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Again, your own personal preference. Well played. But, um, but yeah, good like that. Uh, and like I said before, uh, just the way that everything is, everything has to be succeeded through Goku. Mm-hmm. Everything, yeah, that was really one of the, probably the big things a lot of people have a problem with Dragon Ball GT is again it's the entire focus is on Goku. You know, to the point to where they've de aged him to a child. Mm-hmm. You know. Goku's time was during Dragon Ball Z. Uh and after Cell Games it should have been Gohan's time. Uh and GT should have been probably focused on Gohan's daughter. Um but it wasn't. It was like we have to focus on Goku and him reaching the next Super Saiyan level so we can, you know, sell action figures. I don't know if that's exactly how it went down in the Japanese boardroom, but it's probably probably fairly accurate uh, representation. I mean, I, I think that, like, Dragon Ball Z's most common criticism is always has been the cartoonish pacing. I, I say cartoon. It is a cartoon. But, like, I mean, before they did Kai, that was always... The, everybody always made the joke, how many Super Saiyans does it take to, to screw in a light bulb? One, but it takes five episodes. I mean, and I, I think that is a, that's not unfair... I think that, like, if you look at the manga, that, that doesn't have this problem. If you look at DBC Kai, that doesn't have the problem. So if, if we were kind of, like, asking about, like, the style of storytelling, the uh, the characters, the way the fights kind of go out, like, the themes and, and the, the MacGuffin of the Dragon Balls, it seems that you would enjoy all that. And, like, the pacing is one of the more memorable parts about the anime, because the anime is more memorable than the manga, I would imagine. Yeah, well, also, you got to remember, a lot of this has to do with the fact of when it came out. This, you know... Dragon Ball Z primarily hit the American audience in 1998 on Toonami. Though Dragon Ball Z had been on the air before mm-hmm. on um, uh, television for uh, what used to be UPN, now known as the CW. For all you young people who have no idea what UPN is, UPN eventually got turned into CW. Uh, but you know, back in you know back in the day when I had to walk 15 miles just to get an anime VHS. Because uh, we didn't have DVD players back then, or Blu-ray. Uh, uh, 
there was a television channel called UPN, and it would come on at 6 a.m. in the morning, and I firmly remember watching Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon on UPN before it came on to Toonami. I remember that. I remember that very well. <laughs> of course, I also remember stay, uh, being 1995, staying up to 3 a.m. in the morning when I wasn't supposed to, to watch stuff like Venus Wars and Tenshi Mio, the first movie, and Appleseed and uh, Demon City Shinjuku on Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> awesome. Um, Which... Well, I mean, um, we were talking about earlier about the fandom, and I think that like I, I, you and I are part of the definitely the Toonami fandom of the late 90s and early 2000s. And now there's like, you know, a DBC Kai fandom, there's a Battle of Gods fandom where the new stuff kind of brings some people back in, you know, for good or ill. And I think that's interesting kind of look at Dragon Ball in that sort of wider spectrum because that kind of uh, affected my feelings on how I saw the movie. And, um, you know, it's also interesting kind of like what Jesse and I are doing, kind of going back and seeing what works and what doesn't. Like, you know, we've, we found holes in the series and, you know, the timeline is incredibly confusing. But, uh, I mean, by and large, Jesse and I have been fairly positive about where the series is headed. Uh, so I guess that, like, uh, you putting well, it in your top 25. Well, disapp- prepare to be disappointed. Uh, no, but <laughs> here's the thing. You know, I don't know if there's, like, a separate fandom because of Kai or Battle for the Gods. There may be people who may not know what the original Dragon Ball Z was like due to the fact that all they've seen is Kai. Hopefully, seeing Kai will spark their interest in seeing how the original was done, and they'll enjoy it for what it is. Um, In all in all, Dragon Ball Z is a solid show. Every series has flaws. You know, that's the nature of... A series, nothing can be absolutely perfect. You know, when I, on the views that I do, when I talk about a show being perfect, because there have been shows I've given like five out of five stars, and so like it's it, that. For instance, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla a couple months ago on Tokyo SOS, I said I gave a five out of five. I said it was perfect because everything the movie was trying to accomplish was pretty much it accomplished. It was perfect. Just see who every- would win. <laughs> Well, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla is probably the best Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla movie only because it's all about this big fight feel between Godzilla and Mechagodzilla. Everything is built around that fight, and the payoff Bullshit. is spectacular. <laughs> I like Terra Mechagodzilla better. Jesse, Jesse well, is a Godzilla fan as well. Well, unfortunately, my friend, you weren't there to help me with that. Which <laughs> um, could have been a good discussion there. Uh, but everything was built up towards that 2002 movie, uh, towards that fight, and the the payoff for the fight was spectacular. That's why it was perfect. That does that mean there wasn't flaws that I could find? No. But all in all, as far as the viewing experience, it was perfect. At the end of the day, regardless what you review, it's about acknowledging what is the object of the series, and at the end of the day, the, did you enjoy it and did you have fun? That's, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good analogy. That, most reviewers think that, oh, we have to go and we just have to nitpick this movie to death. It's about, reviewing is about finding flaws. Reviewing is not about finding flaws. Reviewing is finding out why is this not or is enjoyable. Why do people <laughs> like it? Why do you like it? What makes it good or what makes it not good? That's, that's kind of like, I think, what we're doing right now. Because, like, again, like, uh, uh, while I was talking earlier about how to approach the podcast. I didn't, I really didn't want to be, you know, like, like Goku versus Vegeta is awesome. I, we did that, but 
I, I, I remember us trying to figure out why that was. Yeah. But why was it? It was because of the buildup through that whole fight. You had the fight with Nappa, who was just tearing stuff up, uh, running. You know, first, you had this the Saiyan man, and you had Earth's fighters uh, holding them off, though they had one death or one or two deaths. Then you had Nappa, who just ran through them. Uh, then Goku came and defeated Nappa, and it, it all built up to that coming fight you knew was coming between Vegeta and Goku. And the thing about it is, they never really finished that fight. There was a finish to the fight, but that wasn't the end. Of, a better way to say it is, there was an end to the fight, but it wasn't the end to the feud. Like, oh yeah, no, because Vegeta's entire characterization is based off, you know, yeah. him finishing the pissing contest between him and Goku. Any... Kakarot. <laughs> like any good wrestling promoter would know, you you may have a clean end to a fight that doesn't necessarily mean it ends the feud. You know, a good feud is built upon many good fights. They right. have to have ending for each. I agree. I would, I would agree. Uh, we have uh, one more uh, listener in the green room who's kind of fidgeting right now. Is there anything you want to say before we wrap up? Besides pimping my shows, which You've already includes, done. which includes what is probably going to become known as the Thomas's uh, fifth anniversary roast of Thomas Mattis. <laughs> well, with that, Jesse, Don, congrats on the show. Congrats again, past the Cell Saga, and Don. I will see you later tonight at nine. You will. I will. Okay, there's there's a a threat for later on in my future. Hello, who do we have with us today? Luke. Hello, Luke. Luke Forney, right? Yeah. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? I am doing well, thank you. Thank you for calling in. And thank you for being so patient. You've you've been waiting for a while. Yeah, sorry about missing you there. I wasn't thinking. No, it's it's, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. No, you're you're good, you're good. Do you you have anything to say? Do you have any questions for us while you're on? Yeah, just I had it written down. You're better than me. I actually write my stuff down on handwritten notes, so I know. Yeah, I, I can I no like longer read. Write, my, I can no longer so. read my own handwriting, so I have to type everything out. I don't like to write. I don't even like to type that much, but it's easy. It's fun, easier to type than to write. So, I was wondering the one time you said that Krillin was stronger than Yamcha, though. But I was wondering how that's possible because Krillin. <laughs> 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 it's easily possible. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean well, to cut you like, off. Because he be because um Yamcha could beat the Ginyu Force, but Krillin just um he got his butt kicked. So I was just like, is there any logic behind that or not? Um, yes and no. <laughs> um, the scene where Yamcha beat the Ginyu Force was filler in the anime. Uh, yeah. So like it didn't actually like we we'd actually see it count in the manga. So it technically I- doesn't exist. Technically, I agree with you that like Yamcha probably should be stronger than Krillin because he did train with King Kai. Like yeah. at that point, at that point, uh, Yamcha's training was better. But Krillin did have a have a power increase from the uh, the Great Elder and on Planet Namek. So I assume that that's what put him over the edge. That's that's kind of what we what we have to go on. Um, yeah, but technically though, he got the power increase before or they fought the Ginyu Force. So that technically wouldn't have counted until he still got his butt kicked. So. Yeah, sure, but I mean, again, like uh, the uh, fight on on King on King Kai's planet was 
a bit outside continuity. I, I, I agree with you. It's a bit... Actually, is it kind of unclear as to who's stronger than who, but I think that it's always kind of assumed that by, by uh, the the uh, series that Krillin's stronger for, you know, I don't know, bald reasons or something. I'm not exactly yeah. sure. Yeah, and Krillin's cooler anyway, so... He is indeed. I mean, like... It, <laughs> Like at, at the end of the cell cycle, we, we kind of saw how they played off Android 18, and we see how uh, Yamcha reacts to that. So I like Krillin better than Yamcha, although I do like Yamcha a lot. I know Jesse loves Yamcha. Oh yes, yeah, my favorite. <laughs> All right, yeah. do, you any, do you have anything else? Yeah, I have. I have quite a few. Um, All right. Like you said, um, when Goku was chasing Cell's Destructo discs. Mm-hmm. You said it was a mixture of like one of Yamcha's techniques and Krillin's. Yes. But in in the version of the anime I saw, it was um. Uh, it said it was Frieza's move because it was just because Frieza could direct it, and um, it was pink too. So it was. I. I how I like how all these questions are continuity errors that I made. <laughs> um, I I. Th- I th- I think you're right. I, I, I saw a version of the anime where both Krillin and Yamcha talk about their own techniques, but it is definitely pink where Frieza's move was. I think that's mentioned in one bit. I think it depends on the dub that we both saw, whether, whether it was Frieza's move or Krillin and Yamcha's move. So I'll, yeah, I'll, I I'll, have uh, that, the um, Funimation remastered dub. And, yeah. I, watched, I watched the Kai version, so I think I think it uh, depends on um, uh, what Chris Savat was feeling that day. I'm not sure. Oh, well. Yeah, I guess this, the Japanese version is probably the safest way to go. Which Chris I'm, bad boys Yamcha. Yeah, exactly. and um, actually, I had the one thing in um the version I have. It says like it has all t- different versions of the dialogue, and it says something like you can watch with original Japanese dialogue. And I'm wondering if that's like the the actual original with the. Like with Misako Nuwaza and stuff like that. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it's the legitimate. It's not like them having new actors come in to say the dialogue. It's the legitimate original recorded version from 1990 or whatever that they that they said. Yeah, because I'm almost done with the actual series, so I was thinking, what am I gonna watch afterwards? So I think I might just go back and watch it like that too. Let's watch Dragon Ball GT. Yeah, but I have to save up the money to buy it first. Ah, that's true. That's true. So wondering what so you watch Kai and Jesse does too? Yeah, yes. Jesse started out on Kai. I, I actually did start out with the season one of the remastered version, but once I got past that, I started watching Kai for comparison. Yeah, and when with the boost log, you'll probably go back since Kai doesn't exist for that yet. Yes. Yeah, in fact in fact we were talking about like how the original series is a lot slower paced. And um, our previous caller, whoever it was, was wondering how it would be for people who've only seen Kai. But Jesse's Jesse's mainly seen Kai, so yeah, I think and uh, from what from what I've seen, I'm sure there are, I can point out a few scenes that I'm like, okay, these are obviously filler as I'm watching the de- of Boo Saga, because I'm in like season nine of that. But well, we don't want to talk about that yet because we've not covered it on the podcast. But we, right, we can probably get, I know. Get I'm just it. saying, like, I can point out, okay, that's right. obviously filler, or you know, not not getting too spoilerish, but okay. And I was also wondering to you, which is more canon, GT or Z filler? Because I, cause <laughs> I remember the when Goku was training with King Kai, uh, he they had a flashback about the Tuffles and stuff, and they looked like humans, mm-hmm. humans. And that, but on GT, he mm-hmm. bathed 
the character baby i think he was supposed to be like the last of the tuffles but he didn't look anything like he didn't look anything like humanoid or anything like that so i don't know about that. I, th- I think i think that the, the directors at the time when they were doing dt were just drunk or whatever yeah. i would view the uh dbz filler as more canon just because it is part of dbz right that's what i was thinking too so I'll just, I'll just go off of whatever came first rather than what they did later on. Do you have uh, do you have any questions for Jesse in terms of like uh, his approach to the to the series? I didn't have I had just for like the both of you. I didn't have any like specific. Questions. Oh, that's fine. Uh, he just had questions for Don. I don't matter. I see how it's going to be. No, I don't care. I'm, not, I'm only asking him from before the or the cell saga. So you've seen all of that too, though. No, yeah, uh, he can. He can. I, I guess I've been answering so far. He can probably answer the next one. Uh, put mm-hmm. me on the spot. How did King Yama get Cell L to go to Hell if he was uh, if um he was stronger than Raditz but we but he was weaker than King Kai who said he was we- who said King Kai and King Kai said that uh, he was weaker than Nappa and Vegeta and so how did he get Nappa and Frieza to go to Hell and Cell I have no bloody idea. <laughs> I honestly think that like that's the problem with the anime like like when you actually see these things happen it causes problems. But um, you know, actually, because because that's that's why they say Cell was still alive because he wasn't sent to the check-in station. Maybe it's I know Goku had his body was able to keep his body, so right. maybe because Cell when, when Cell was killed and Raditz was killed, that kind of just made them spirits and they were able to be uh, controlled better. Yeah, I guess that would work, or two. But you know, like again, in getting to the boost hog, not with oh like. I know it's coming a while down, like, but you can see that um, in the other world tournament saga that Cell, King Cole, and King Cole, for, and Frieza, and all of them got to keep you like with Pycon and them, fought, uh, right. and they fought against them with their bodies. Yeah, so, that's 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 the thing that doesn't make any sense. Like, especially those villains. Why the blue hell would they ever be able to keep their bodies? It's, well, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Like after, because it's a it's a filler arc, but it's an, it's an interesting arc. Like the after world tournament. We'll right, you're going to go after the Boo Saga, you're going to go back and do probably the Garlic Jr. first. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. I am familiar with the Garlic Jr. Yeah, Sorry. just watch I, that. Uh, I actually saw that when it came out on oh, okay. Network. Oh, yeah. It came out like, like around Saturday mornings or something for some reason. I remember that. And another question I had, how do you think Cell's second form would have looked if he had absorbed 18 before 17? Ooh, that's a good question. You want to tackle that, Jesse, first? I don't know if... Yeah, you think that would affect his physical appearance? Yeah, I think so, because uh, maybe he would have, like, because 17 and 18 look a lot different. I mean... That is true. That's a, that's an interesting huh. that's an interesting point. Maybe, I mean, because, like, I'm, the one thing I noticed that when he absorbed 17 was the big eyes, and I thought maybe that he got that from 17, but 18 has those big eyes, too, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know, maybe he would have had wings again he would have kept his wings if he had gone if he had zoomed her first or something like that i don't know because it kind of <laughs> that would be interesting to see have you seen any uh images from the game dragon balls i think it's called dragon ball z heroes it's coming out because they actually have um and i should put this on the website they actually have combinations of the androids like there's this one female character with like the skin of android 19 with like half the clothes of 19 and 18 and like seventeen, like has like like purple skin or whatever. It's it's very crazy, and maybe like maybe they have a version of Cell where he absorbed the other android first. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't even know it was coming out out though. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's it coming? What system is it coming out for? 
I think it's coming for all of them. Like like a Wii, oh, cool. Xbox, PlayStation Three, or something like that. I don't know. All like those all systems that will, that will be dated, you know, years from now when this episode yeah. is <laughs> far over. Yeah, because like, yeah, like the only gaming system I have is a Game Boy Advance. So, oh, <laughs> and the oldest games you can find on anywhere but online are like for the DS. So, I don't know. Hey, I still have a lot of love for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I do too. Golden Sun rules. Do you have, do you have any more questions? Yeah. I'm more than halfway through my list, but still. Like, <laughs> That's okay. On the, this isn't more of a statement than a question, but like I know, oh that thing you said was your favorite part of the series with the um, fake Namek. You said um, you I didn't mean, well, you didn't really cover it that well, but um, I agree that Krillin does have probably just a really small nose because like one of the <clears throat> like the supposed grading deal on it was that they wiggle each other's noses, so a fake Namek <laughs> wiggled Krillin's nose on there when I was, I noticed when I was watching it, so, like, it's just, he just has, like, a small nose, really. I suppose that's the only way that he looks relatively normal, even, you know, with the, uh, the, uh, the Buddhist incense burns on his head. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that what those are? I yeah, yeah, he, um, I don't think we actually said this, but he is originally a Buddhist monk who came to Master Roshi for martial arts training, which is why he he, I, he he shaved his head, and those dots are supposed to be like like incense burns. Oh. <laughs> the more you know. Gone for the rescue. No, I, 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 I'm surprised yeah, you didn't mention that before. When I actually started listening to you guys, I didn't even, I hadn't even noticed that Krillin didn't have a nose before, but I didn't have, <laughs> like, I didn't even have the series. series I hadn't seen, like, any of it. Uh, well, when did, uh, let me ask you, when did you first get into Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z? Um, not very, I wasn't that into it a while back, though. I'd catch, I would see some, like, my grandpa has a dude ranch, and he he has dish for it, so we'll get, set, we'll borrow a box uh, mm-hmm. from him and every now and then, and we'll watch some. And one time we had it, and I remember on my birthday, because I didn't have any chores to do, I would watch a bunch of, um, I was just watching TV, and for some reason, they had, like, a big, um, uh, they were playing DBZ Kai on there, like, over and over. So I watched some of that, and then I got quite a bit of the Saiyan Saga. and mm-hmm. But it felt like I only saw, like, the same episodes over and over. Like, I saw the, where Yamcha died, like, a ton of times every time I <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean yeah. to... <laughs> That's just funny. Sorry, I lied <laughs> <laughs> the most yeah, part I, you're familiar just, with is Yamcha dying. Yeah, and then I watch it every now and then, and I look up like clips and stuff on YouTube, uh, Ube or something. And but actually, haven't really gotten major into it until I I did wasn't major into it until I started listening to your guys' podcast. And then, like I only heard it. I came off on Adam episode 19, and then that's why I didn't email before those. But oh, that's fine. How did you uh, find the podcast? Um, I was just kind of just looking for something new to listen to, so I would search iTunes for different TV shows that I liked, like Dragon Ball Z or stuff like that. Like, I wasn't, like, that I wasn't too into, but just, like, shows that I thought were good. Okay, that's cool. Hopefully you found a show that you found this good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and then... Similar in that respect, I'll listen to something, even if I'm not a huge fan of it. And it'll and increase my enjoyment of that, like, show or, or book or whatever. 
just seeing others who are, are passionate about it kind of gets me like, okay, what's this about? I need I need to know more about this. Right, and then. Um, yeah. Do you have, do you, do you have anything else? My, what? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Noticing that um, actually, as I get more into the Boo Saga, I notice that it's not going to be as fun to go back and watch the Saiyan Saga because it's just, I don't know, it doesn't com it doesn't compare very well because I just really like the I'm really having a lot of fun with it and stuff. Another question I had though, why you said that the Boo Saga is your least favorite? Like without getting, if you can say it without getting too spoilers, why is it your least favorite? Uh, talk to me. Um. Well, I think that, and we're always going to, be, going to be talking about this in December. I think that a lot, all of the the goodwill and potential that the Cell games ended with, the Boo Saga just really drops the ball halfway through. I'm not sure I, how far you, how far you went to it, but like there's I'm, a certain sorry. Uh, I don't know if it's too spoilers, but I'm past Vegito. Yeah, uh, uh, by that by that time, I'm not really liking it. Although I, I enjoy Vegito. I'm not really liking that part. Yeah, I really actually, part of the reason I really like it is I actually realize that I, I really like the one-sided fights with, where the good guys are winning, not where the bad guys are winning. Not where like, who's winning and stuff, but right, right. I like it when they're like, they know they can, and they're like being really cocky and stuff. Like, I like go tanks and stuff like that. That is just really, gets really good. Well, that's the thing. I, 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 um... I like the characters. Most, I don't think pretty much all the new characters that I enjoy. I like, I really like how it starts off. I really enjoy how it start, like how the, how the saga starts off and how it goes from one thing to another. Uh huh. And I actually like the idea when like you have these characters with like immense power, like just hanging out and how it being normal. Like I really like the Simon saga and stuff like that. So definitely, I I, I agree. Like the, like I like the characters. I, I like how it begins. I think just and this is mainly a story thing. Up to a certain point where certain characters do certain things, and I won't, I won't specify which, it's just like, how does this, how, how do you kind of come back from that? And what, and how, how can this be dramatically interesting? And there's, there's so many jumps in the drama that I don't typically enjoy it uh, less and less and less. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, but like, I mean, we'll, we will definitely, I'm really, really, really looking forward to talking about it with Jesse because it's, I think it's the most like conversational starting kind of saga because it's, it is very contentious. It's very divis divisive among the fan base. Yeah, and like I'm like I just said, I really like the um, one side of fights where the good guys are winning and they know they can win. Like the Ginyu Force when Goku showed up, or oh yes, like the Cell Junior fight with Gohan and stuff, and that, or like Gohan versus Cell before he gets his arm blown off. Or, well, not technically not blown off. Right, right. Still. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm with you on that. I, I love all those fights as well. Yeah, and then, like, ha have either of you noticed that the first three sagas start out the same way? How do you mean? Like, well, like, the Saiyan saga starts with the with, um, Piccolo cowering in front of Raditz, and then and the Frieza saga starts with Vegeta cowering in front of Frieza, then the Android saga starts with Trunks easily taking down Frieza, then cowering in front of the androids. So, they all start out with, like... I think that that is a trope of Dragon Ball, is that, like, every single time, there's always... Well, I, didn't, I haven't seen Dragon Ball, but, like, the Boo saga doesn't start that way. Um, not exactly because our, our heroes aren't familiar with Boo, but Kaioshin, or I should say the Supreme Kai, is, is kind of filling that role where, like, he knows of the bad guy and he's afraid of him. Yeah, uh, I guess. And, so. I, I, I think that's just Toriyama's back. He he always wants to make you, make you, uh, 
worry about the next guy that's coming. I, I think it's just like it's sort of an, uh, an unavoidable case for the his yeah. So style. actually, the trunk, the first two start off nearly the same way with trunks with them, um, Vegeta, Frieza, and Piccolo and Raditz. But then the second two start off pretty much the same way with somebody coming and warning you about a ne- the next big bad. Yes. Yeah. Which. Yeah, it, it doesn't really bother me because I think it like it's done unique enough. Although it is very much like you know, watch out, this guy's bad news, and uh, it's, it, uh, <laughs> I guess it is a little derivative, but it's, it's they've had more. And still, Vegeta, aspects. and still Vegeta thinks they're nothing. Yeah, that's that's his character all the time. Yeah. Who is uh? Who is your favorite character? Is it Gohan? Uh huh. Yeah. I wrote. I mean. If you can count fusions, fusions, I like Gotenks and Vegito too. But I really like get Vegito's voice and stuff. Like you catch hints of Vegeta, and you can notice Chris Sabat there and doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. But and I also noticed that um, the say a in armor that Bulma gives to Vegeta and Trunks is different than the stuff the one stuff she gives to Goku and Go- Ohan. Because um, Vegeta and Trunks have that, like there's a tight they have that like tight suit underneath and then they put the armor on top mm-hmm. you'll know on Vegeta and Trunks is they it comes up to their like halfway up their neck and on um, Goku and Gohan just after the actual armor piece it's just like you can see a bare just a little bit of it and then it stops oh. like curve if you notice that and then yeah I never noticed I that, didn't notice actually. that yeah I mean, you're abs- I mean, I, when I think about it now, I can see it, but I never actually noticed that. My brain didn't tell me that. Yeah, and I had another one about like, um, because in one of the uh, DB, I saw, I've seen some of the dra- one of the Dragon Ball movies, and um, you said I was actually just listening to your first episode today, and you said that um, Goku tried out the Kamehameha right after K- Roshi, which I agree, and you said he tried it on a car and blew up the car. I yes. thought he tried it out on I, the movie I saw. It was called Path to Power, I think. I think he tried it out on a submarines after Roshi blew up the ships that were coming to kill him. The Path to Power is that the one with Android Eight, the Frankenstein one? Yeah, and it has like the guy that's like basically the Terminator. <laughs> where, he, yes. where he, where I thought, and I actually thought the first episode was oolong wishing but it said the first wish on the dragon walls was oolong wishing and um he said but um and this they uh android 8 got killed by general like general black's big robot thing so he got and then he um got wished back by that the movie the, the path to power i remember is a anniversary re retelling of the of the first few dragon ball adventures uh, in the yeah. series, it is in the series we first see Roshi do the Kamehameha to put out a fire in Ox King's house. Yes. Oh, he put out a fire with the Kamehameha. <laughs> yeah, he blew it away with the Kamehameha, and he and he like bulks out, and he's all super yeah, buff I've and seen, everything. Yeah, that he does. And uh, Goku says that looks awesome, and he tries out on the car, and oh. like it's, it's kind of puny, but he eventually does it so many times that he, it gets to be his his trademark move. Yeah, I thought he. Yeah, because in the movie I saw he tried. The Red Ribbon Army was chasing them, and Roshi tried it out on a bunch of battleships, and then Gohan tried it out on Goku tried it out on the um, the submarines. Right. This, this is back when Roshi was relevant to the plot, and you know, and they yeah. needed him to do important things like put out fires on on Chi-Chi's dad's house. Right. Also, you also um a while back you were talking about how um would the scouters pick an emailer said would the scouters pick up the androids. And my thoughts is that they would, 
mm-hmm. because um, you can't sense the androids, but it's, I remember in one of the, the DBZ Kai vi- that I was t- saying I saw, I um, saw them and I uh, got, I saw one where 18 said, uh, um, did something and she saw six, when she saw 16 and she said, but his power is less than mine. So how would she know what his power is if she couldn't, like, use, like, a mechanical, like, a scouter version of sensing it, that she has to sense him? And 16 said that when Kamikolo was fighting um, Cell, Kamikolo. he said that one, he didn't recognize either of the fighters, but one of them was equal to, um, one of them was equal to 17. How would he know it was equal to 17 if he couldn't, um, if he couldn't sense if you couldn't use like a scouter sort of deal. Um, I I know because sixteen is a is a mechanical android, so he had that p- parameters to kind of um, estimate power. And so are seven and eighteen and eighteen. But you couldn't think that okay, eighteen maybe just had a sensing ability, but then she would have been able to sense sixteen, so she would have known that. Well, they're they're made of they're they're originally human. They're they're a lot more organic. Right, but I'm I'm saying that um, she would would have been able to tell. She wouldn't have been able to sense 16 if she had the sensing ability, which I don't even know if she had, but she would have had, like, a mechan- She would have had to be able to sense him. She would have had to have, like, a mechanical deal. Good question. Don't know. <laughs> That's the best I can muster. It's a valid theory. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was really confused when I was rewatching the series as to how mechanical or non-mechanical they were. I never actually said so because I, I didn't want to sound stupid. They never but- specify, really. They really don't. It's, they're basically just humans who can do all the all the super super yeah, they're power ba- stuff. Yeah, they're basically Krillin with mechanical components, sort of. Kind of, maybe not really. I want to see a cyborg Krillin now. Yeah. Mecha Krillin. Well, Mecha prob- Krillin, exactly. It, well, like you you think that maybe he'd probably just pull off the Jiro ka- would probably just pull off the Kami emblem and put on the um, red ribbon insignia because you because um and. I remember when you covered the trunk special. I said that um, 17's gr- shirt grew back, and that it only was it, that I thought it was the only shirt like that in existence. <laughs> and you said anything, and one of you said Eddie like has the, just a closet full of the same uniform, and that yes. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, anybody yeah, yeah. can walk around in those clothes, which I totally agree with, except that for the red ribbons insignia. Like, yeah, you're just gonna go to Walmart and buy a shirt with the red ribbon insignia on it. Well, you know, like, like 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 General Red may have gone into you know product placement and franchising before he was destroyed by Goku. No, 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 before he was shot in the head by Commander Black. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. Well, and never... he got and he fell off like the big thing. I thought it was Colonel Blue, Commander Red, and General Black. Oh uh, yeah, them. I'm I'm not sure of the other. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah, but that was in the um. Path the Power movie again, so right because that's like I've seen like some guy has like a playlist on YouTube of like Dragon Ball, all and I'm not sure how right that is because I think the same thing happened with the the Red Room arc, arc is like the first um saga in the in that in um the Dragon playlist. Ball right? No, it's uh it's actually like well the first arc is basically like uh them looking for the Dragon Balls and running into Emperor Pilaf. Sort of like the Black Star Dragon Ball arc in GT. Uh, kind of. Although Dragon Ball did it first. And then it's the tournament, and then after the first tournament is the Red Ribbon Army. Oh. Yeah, and didn't peel off, like... Because I was... I remember I was listening to Kazanshu, and they said something about peel off waking up King Piccolo. Did that happen, or was it just kind they, of... Am I not hearing it right? It's funny, because, like, King Piccolo was such a terrible, violent, horrible 
Krillin killing bad guy. Yeah. That he he teamed up with Emperor Pilaf and his cronies, and then like when he, they didn't need him anymore, he, they just kicked him out of the out of the airplane. And then um, I think Mai told Emperor Pilaf, "We suck, don't we?" He's like, "Yeah, we do." And he never saw them again until Battle of Gods. Um, oh, they show they show up in Battle of Gods and GT. Yeah, they, they show up. In, it's funny because they show up in GT very very old, but in Battle of Gods, uh, they show up considerably younger. And now there's there's an explanation for that, which. Uh, We'll eventually get to. That. We're, we're going to give you uh, time for one more question, then we'll wrap it up here. So, do you have anything else? No, I actually didn't, so... Oh, that's timely. So, yeah. For, I was uh, actually... I haven't had anything yet. I did have the one about... Um, I just was wondering if you had seen the uh, virgin, uh, the DB, the Team Four Stars abridged version of the episode of Bardock or Lord Slug. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Because, yeah, the, the, I've seen a few... I've seen a few of their episodes and stuff, and I—I I don't know. No, I watch—I watch them every month. They're, they're, they're absolutely yeah. hilarious. I love—I particularly love the moment in Lord. Okay, Jesse, Jesse, do you remember in Lord Slug when Krillin like went up to fight uh, Slug and got punched all the way, all, like across the, the the place? I'm not yes. sure. If you're, okay, like in 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 the bridge version, in the bridge version, um, Vegeta is watching this on TiVo, and he pauses to like. Like, really take it in. Don't worry, Goku. Just sit on back and let Krillin handle this one. Oh my god, this is going to be amazing. And record. <laughs> and the Emmy goes to. <laughs> it's really awesome. I'll, I'll... Oh, I, I might have seen that. He was in like a hospital bed with Trunks' sword beside him, wasn't he? It was, it was a clip from uh, the Bojack movie later on. Well, just uh, just just in terms of like navel gazing and self-aggrandizing, because we're vain, vain, vain fools. What would you say that you really enjoyed of uh, of our show, of our podcast? What do you what what do you what is there any moment that, or any time that you've particularly enjoyed us that you can uh, remember? Like a specific episode or something? I don't know. I mean, oh yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I just want to feel good. Like I don't know. Like like, is there any conversation that Jesse and I have had where you've liked or or any basically? I, I imagine that you enjoy listening to the show. Would you like to say why? Well, because I can, because I can listen to it any time while I'm doing my chores or something, and I can't. Well, so it's when I'm listening to you, it's like rewatching stuff because I can, like, okay, that's what they're talking about, and then I can listen to it, and then the review. I like that part about it, and but I do need to call you out on something though. You mentioned that I, because I remember in one of my e- email, the 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 only email you read for twenty two episode twenty two. You, I um, said something about um, Krillin, Yamcha and Tien being wished back by Paranga. Yes. And you mentioned that later on in in your episode, but you, that was part of the email you didn't read. Uh, whoops. <laughs> I saw your thoughts because I wanted to sound smarter. I, 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 yeah. I, 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 honestly, I must have forgotten about that. It may have been a. It may have been. Uh, I'm trying to remember why I would have done that. I might, it might have. You it might have been a time just, thing. You edited it out, and I kind of. I have it written like I. Did you um get to like you said in the Skype chat you said that you were gonna read emails? Yes. Did you read the one I? Because I, I remember I sent one before you put out episode twenty two, but it didn't get on episode twenty two for some reason. Like it had a picture in just like two sentences, something about Cell having Chaozu cells because he blows. Oh yes, up. yes, yes. I I do don't tend to read the very brief ones, but yeah, there was a joke uh, that you made. When Cell blew himself up, that like he was using Chaozu's technique. <laughs> yeah, Chaozu's only... one move. And he didn't kill Gohan, so it didn't work. 
Exactly, exactly. So, that, that, I, I, I do regret that. That was a very, that, was, that made me laugh as I pressed the, the delete button. <laughs> but, um, that was, that was, that was very funny. Thank you, thank you for emailing in and thank you for listening to us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Did you notice that you're gonna, co- that you're covering the, like, with the Funimation dub, you're covering Movie Pack 2? Because they're like three movie packs. Oh my god, I didn't know. I, I honestly didn't know that. That's, that's not how I've seen the movies. Right, but they it's like three, it's like seasons, sort of, but you're, like, they have one through five in the first one, and then six through nine, which is what you said you were going to cut over for the movies, and then they have, um... Well, if that's the case, you can find, uh, uh, movies six, seven, eight, and nine at Funimation.com, and you find all those wonderful <laughs> Dragon Ball Z movies at Funimation. <laughs> like, free to watch, or... I have no idea. I was trying to get money from... <laughs> Funimation, if we're, if we're inadvertently uh, pipping their wares. Thank you for calling in, Luke. We really appreciate that. Yeah. I'll try. Maybe next time I email, I can try to point out some things you did right. No, yeah, that'd be nice for a change. No, just no. point out things I did right and things yeah. I did wrong. Exactly. Make, make well, it a point kind of point. Things he does wrong, so I can just do what you do right. And then we'll get you even up, and then I can go back to doing whatever I feel like saying. Really, uh, thank you for calling in. We really appreciate it, Luke. It's clear that you're a very avid listener to uh, mark, on, mark on all these continuity retcons. So, <laughs> thanks, thanks you so much. Yeah, I actually remember in one of my emails I said something about, like, I've heard every single episode of yours, like the movie episodes twice a piece and the regular episodes three times a piece. So, really? Yeah, and since then I've probably I've listened to them one more time each. So, <laughs> yeah, wow. I just, that's, that's like the only thing I listen to. You might give Daniel a run for his money in terms of being the super fan. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Listen, maybe not writing because I don't like to type. But <laughs> in listening, thank thank you very much for calling in. Yeah, thanks for having the call-in show. Oh no, I I, I appreciate the people who've, who've showed up to you know have always something to say. Yeah, I finally get to say what I wanted to say, everything I wanted to say without having to type it all out. Indeed. Well, thank you, buddy. We'll uh, we'll. Uh, Talk to you on the email side of the segments next episode. Sure. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very Bye. much. All right. That was all of our callers. I had some more callers lined up, but they uh, are absent right now. Sucks to be you guys. <laughs> but but, um, but um, that was our call show at two hours. I think it was a fairly, fairly meaty episode. Uh, I don't know. Maybe based on feedback, maybe we'll do this again. Maybe we won't. Depends on how uh, the fans react to this or how I'll edit it. Um, how... <laughs> I all, all I basically need to do is put in the those ridiculous Dragon Ball Z rap songs that I heard in between. <laughs> because those are definitely going to be the main show's theme. Uh, the next episode, like like Luke mentioned, and I honestly don't, I honestly, I'm honestly not sure how we're going to do this because uh, it might be a long time before this episode, next episode. We might want to do this in, inside of this month. We are going to cover movie six, uh, Metal Cooler. Yeah, he's back. Movie 7, The Three Super Saiyans versus Three Androids. Movie 8, Brawly, The Legendary Super Saiyan. It's, it's a big one. And Movie 9, Bojack Unbound. Uh, you can find those online. Find them on YouTube. Uh, and you can find them uh, in your uh, bookstores and find on the, in the DVD section. Okay, so until then, whenever the next episode comes out, will be in a month, will be less than a month. Uh, keep looking to the Facebook page and the Lipson page to find out because, frankly, I haven't decided yet. But um, for this and uh, future episodes, Jesse, is there anything left to say before we close it out? The Emmy goes to Krillin. The Emmy goes to Krillin. Okay, there we go. I thought it was like Amigos or something. Exactly. I, I need to put I need to put it in that clip, and I, I need to show you that because it's hilarious. But um, 
Thank you for all those who called in, and thank you very much for listening once again to the Next Dimension of Dragon Ball Z podcast. Um, this is Donovan signing out. Thank you for listening to the Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.lipson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send in feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama. Next time on The Next Dimension, we will cover the return of Cooler, Super Android 13, Brawly the Legendary Super Saiyan, and BoJack Unbound. See you soon. Beaches are fine and the bitches are finer. Could you speak up? I'm not wearing pants.